0: Understand what it's like to walk these roads. But my problems don't compare to that crown you had to wear. Still, you take them as your own because of all the blood and tears you shed. I will never know that kind of loneliness Your spirit never leaves me Even when I'm hurting I don't have to bear that burden on my own You carried all the pain and Buried all the shame when Made that rugged tree a righteous throne. Because of you, I'll never walk alone. You carried all the pain and All the shame when You made that rugged tree A righteous throne Because of You I'll never walk alone Lord, because of You I'll never walk alone I'll never walk alone
1: Bibles tonight. Turn over to the book of Luke, chapter 11. <clears throat> Excuse me. We're in our doctrinal delicacy series again. Tonight we're going to be noting prayer, looking at prayer tonight, and we're just going to note a couple of aspects of it. Um, we can't cover it all, obviously, in one message or lesson, but we certainly will do our best to try to give us a good overview of it. <clears throat> prayer. Chapter 11, Luke. Excuse me. Luke chapter 11, beginning in verse 1. The Bible says, And it came to pass that as he was praying in a certain place, when he ceased, one of his disciples said unto him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John also taught his disciples. Notice again, <clears throat> it says, That as he was praying in a certain place, when he ceased, one of his disciples said unto him, Lord, teach us to pray. Well, prayer is the key that unlocks the riches of heaven, and that's just a reality of things. I mean, the disciples had traveled with the Lord Jesus Christ for three or three and a half years, and they noted his consistent prayer life. They watched as he uh, prayed on a regular basis, and They saw the power that he possessed and they understood the importance of prayer throughout his ministry as a result of that. And so now the Lord Jesus Christ is praying and one of the disciples is reminiscent and remembers of how John taught his disciples to pray. And he says, Jesus, teach us to pray. Teach us to pray like John taught his disciples. Let us in on this secret. Let us in on this thing you call prayer Uh, We see what God does, and we note what you do, and we want to be in on it. We want to get in on that. Probably, if we would be honest um, tonight, the reason why probably more people don't pray is because we who claim to pray don't see the evidence of it like we ought. That didn't go over too good, I know, but it was really quiet all of a sudden. But you know, the, the disciples asked, teach us to pray. Because they saw what was going on in the life of their Lord. How many people have asked you to teach them to pray lately? And how many people have asked me, teach us to pray? You just have to wonder. I mean, if we were seeing the kind of evidence of prayer that maybe God would intend us to and would like us to, maybe there would be more people asking us that question. <clears throat> I'm not sure, but I've got to believe that it might be the case. And so I guess it's an indictment on my Christianity, my spiritual life, Maybe an indictment on even some of yours, I don't know. But nonetheless, prayer is so valuable, is it not? I mean, I would imagine that there's not one of us in the room that would say, my prayer life's everything it ought to be. I don't think anybody would say that. I think we'd all say, well, we have room for improvement. And if we didn't, I'm not so sure that we're being very honest with ourselves or with anyone else as well. But in Luke chapter 11, verse 1, the disciples are saying, Lord, teach us to pray. So I guess if we're going to learn, we need to learn from the Lord. We need to learn from the Word of God. I mean, the Christian life is a life that demands. It requires power. And prayer is a means by which we acquire the power necessary to fulfill the calling that God has given us. And <clears throat> I think that every one of us want a better prayer life. I think every one of us want a more Of course, my voice would mess up on a subject like this, but um, every one of us, I think, wants to experience prayer at a different level. You know, the victory of praying and seeing God work and and answer prayer. Every one of us want to be able to say, Lord, hold off the rain and watch the clouds dissipate. Every one of us want to say, mountain be thou removed and cast into the sea and literally see it plucked up out of the ground and cast into the sea. And I I think that's the case. And you may have had experiences like that in your life. And I trust that you have. But maybe God would have us have those experiences more often even, huh? Maybe even more than we even do. And so our prayer lives may be good, but could they be better? Probably. And, you know, that's just a reality of life and a reality of the Christian life. It doesn't make us bad. It just makes us in need of improvement. And I think we all can use improvement. So we're going to discuss prayer. And again, it's a subject that probably you've heard about a a bunch of times. If I'd have said a million, that would have been a little bit of an exaggeration, don't you think? But we've all heard about prayer. We've all had it preached to us. We've had it taught to us. We we may have even told other people about prayer and, and answers to our prayer. But let's not close our hearts today or our minds. And let's just allow the Lord to speak to us today as we consider this issue of prayer a delicacy. A doctrinal delicacy. One that tastes so good as we get a handle on it <clears throat> and as we taste it. Let's pray. Father, we come to you. Thank you again for the wonderful privilege of prayer. And yet, Lord, <clears throat> so often, if I would be honest, Lord, it, it, there are times in my prayer life that it feels like it may not be reaching any further than the ceiling. And, Lord, that, that, that disturbs me at times. That bothers me. And Lord, I know it bothers these that are gathered here tonight, or they wouldn't be here tonight if they didn't care about those things. And I just pray, dear God, that you'd help each of us, Lord, just to have a desire, Father, just to grow in this area, to truly experience the kind of prayers or answers to prayer that you would have us. Lord, we understand that your will is to be done, and we know, Father, sometimes that as we pray, you're, you're going to conform our prayers to your will, but <clears throat> the fact is, Lord, you, you said that we need to ask. so. Help us to be quick to ask and then, Lord, to do it fervently and, and to do it with faith and to, Father, see the kind of results that would please you and that would ultimately impress the world, not in the sense that would impress them toward us, but impress them toward you, to see that there's a God in heaven that does indeed answer prayer and that you are real and able not only to do the impossible, but to do it in their life. Now, Father, help us, we pray. In Christ's name, amen. So what is prayer? Well, prayer is man's way of communicating with God, right? And that's pretty simple, isn't it? You know, we have the Word of God, and we we say that that's the way God communicates to us. Well, we have the opportunity to communicate to God through prayer. And so that's a blessing for us today. And um, when it's all said and done, prayer is nothing more, nothing less than asking. Uh, John R. Rice uh, did a book called Prayer... Uh, is asking I believe it was, was what it was called if I'm not mistaken uh, I might be. what is it prayer asking and receiving that's what it was prayer asking and receiving and he made that simple statement that prayer is asking and as you read the book as you considered the thoughts as you uh, you know I guess meditated on the scriptures you realize that in a sense that's really as simple as it is prayers is asking God prayers going to God and in James chapter 1 verse 5 <clears throat> the Bible says if any of you lack wisdom Let him ask of God that give it to all men liberally and abradeth not and it shall be given him. In James 4, 2, he says, Ye lust and ye have not, ye kill and ye desire to have and cannot obtain. Ye fight and ye war, yet ye have not because ye ask not. Matthew 7, 7 says, Ask and it shall be given you. Seek and ye shall find not and it shall be opened unto you. Prayer is asking. So what's prayer? When it's all said and done, real simply, we could just roll it up in a, uh, a nice neat box or in a, a ball I guess and box it up and say prayers asking. Now <clears throat> what should we pray for? That's a good question right? What should we pray for? Well <clears throat> the Bible outlines some things we ought to pray for and so let's consider some of those. What I'd like to do is I want to ask some people to help me read tonight and uh, so I'm going to get some volunteers. Uh, if you have a, a, your King James Bible with you if you'd help me with that. I need someone uh, <clears throat> to look up first Peter 5.7. Will you do that, Cody? 1 Peter 5.7. I need someone to look up 1 Timothy 2.1. Right there, brother. I need uh, James 5.16. Okay, James 5.16. I need Jude 1.22, Dean. I need Matthew 9.38. Right there. Oh, wait. Yeah, right there. Yeah, I'm sorry. I saw your arm, his body. I don't have my glasses on. It was kind of freaky looking, but... Um, then Hebrews 13, 7. Hebrews 13, 7. All right. Uh, I think I see Benaiah, if I'm not mistaken, over there. Okay. And then um, 1 Timothy 2, 1 through 2. Please don't ask me to repeat these all the way in the back over there. Uh, let's see. And finally, Romans 14, 6. Romans 14, 6. Okay. And uh, John 6, 11, And verse 23. Caleb, yeah. <laughs> all right. All of you come forward now. I want you all to come forward. I want you to read it from here. I don't want you to read it out there. Or they'll never hear it. <coughs> I'm going to move out of your way here a second. I want you to come on up. And I want you to read in the mic so everybody can hear it real good. <coughs> Excuse me. Okay, so, first of all, if we're going to pray, <coughs> the Lord wants us to pray for ourselves. If um, 1 Peter 5, 7, where are you at? In the order that I, I called those out as the order I need you in, good luck, gentlemen. <coughs> All right, so first of all, we're to cast all our care on Him because He cares for us. That means that we're to pray uh, uh, about things that are about ourselves. Spiritual issues, emotional issues, physical issues, any care, any concern that I have. God's concerned about the most minutest, most simplest, the most um, insignificant thing that you could think about. If it's important to you, it's important to God. Isn't that a wonderful thought? Now, I want you to think about that for a minute. God thinks that anything that's important to you is important to him. He says, anything important to you is important to me. Okay? So you cast your care on me. Now, now let me, let me just give you a piece of advice, gentlemen. It's a biblical principle. If anything, if something is important to your wife, guess what it ought to be to you? Anything that's important to your wife ought to be important to you. Okay? I mean, that's just the way it is. I mean, aren't you supposed to be... Like Christ, and your wife is picturesque, if you will, of the bride. Therefore, if it's important to her, it ought to be important to you. You know what most women say? My husband, he could care less what's going on in my life. He never talks to me. I try to talk to him, and he's just kind of like, whatever. I mean, really, probably that's one of the biggest complaints that I get in counseling is that husbands don't listen to their wives or they don't interact with their wives. They don't have communication with their wives. And and women are all upset. They're bent out of shape. And you know what? They probably have good reason, gentlemen, if we're not listening. And things that are important to them aren't important to us. That's the biblical principle. Okay? And God says to you, aren't you glad he, He thinks it's important if it's important to you? And You know, we ought to be considered enough of those that are under our watch care. If it's important to them, it ought to be important to us. Now, it doesn't mean... Uh, don't whatever he got time for that. <clears throat> here we go. <laughs> Others, next, go ahead, the next one will be first Timothy two one. Go ahead and read that brother. I exhort, therefore, that first of all, supplications, prayer, intercessions, and giving of things be made of all men, okay, very good, and then James five sixteen <clears throat> who had that one? Did I not give that one out? maybe maybe I didn't even give that out. Well, that was good enough. Others. All men, right? We're to pray not only for ourselves, but we're to pray for others. That's pretty simple from the passage, was it not? I got you. Oh, I mean, I'm sorry, brother. I just kind of passed you up. I was looking down the end of the line there. Confess your faults one to another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Pray for one another. Did you see that? Pray for one another. Pray for one another. So we're to pray for one another. That we're to pray for each other. Okay, so biblically, who are you to pray for? Yourself and others. All right, let's look at uh, Jude chapter 1, verse 22. Brother Dean. <clears throat> and of some have compassion, making a difference. Pretty simple verse. Read that one more time, Brother Dean. And of
0: some having compassion... Making a difference.
1: You know what? When we recognize that verse, we, we we realize that it's involving the lost. It's involving stepping out and making an impact and a difference in the lives of those who do not know the Lord Jesus Christ. Who would to pray for? Ourselves, others, and the lost. Thank you, Brother Dean. The lost. What about Matthew nine thirty eight? Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that He will send forth laborers into His harvest. Do it one more time. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest, that he will send forth laborers into his harvest. What are we to pray for? Laborers. To go into his harvest. I mean, that's a biblical prayer. That's something God asks us to pray. He asks us to pray for. So, you say, well, I don't know what to pray about. My my prayer list is really short, and and I'm done praying in just a few seconds. uh, Maybe a few minutes. Well, right now we know that you're to pray for yourself. You're to pray for others. You're to pray for the lost. You're to pray for laborers. Wow, this list is getting pretty long. And those are, only, those are the things, that's not even very specific. I mean, that's just pretty general. Those are the things God says. Now, these are the things you're to pray for. These are the things specifically that I tell you to pray for. Okay? So, next, Hebrews thirteen seven. Remember them which have the rule over you, who have spoken unto you the word of God, whose faith follow, considering the end of their conversation. One more time. Remember them which have the rule over you, who have spoken unto you the word of God, whose faith follow, considering the end of their conversation. Okay. Biblically, in the context of the passage, is talking about pastors. You're to remember them. Okay? Now, again, if you're remembering them, obviously you're praying for them. You know, pastors need your prayer. Your pastor needs your prayers. And let me just be as practical as I can be. It's a lot harder to criticize me when you're praying for me. Amen. Amen. It's a lot harder. It's lot hard to be angry with me when you're praying for me. I mean, I'm, talking, I'm, I'm not saying when you're saying you're praying for me in the sense that fix him. <laughs> fix him. <laughs> fix him. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about praying for him. You know, lifting him up before God. God bless him. God meet his need. God enlighten him. God give him leadership. God help him to be the, the man of God you want him to be. Keep him pure. Keep him safe. Put a hedge of protection around him. Th- 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 that's what we're talking about, okay? So your pastor—that's a good one. Yourself, others, the loss, labors. Your pastor. First Timothy two one through two. First Timothy that's chapter me, two sorry. verses one through two. I exhort thee therefore that first of all
0: supplications, prayers, intercession, and giving of thanks be made for all men, mm-hmm. for kings and all for all. That are in authority,
1: that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. Read verse two one more time, just the second verse. For kings and for all that are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceful life in all godliness and honesty. Okay, there you go. So in that particular passage, thank you, brother. We saw in verse one, as we had mentioned earlier, for for, for all men or others, but then also now for government, for leaders. Okay, that's pretty simple for kings and those in authority. Okay, that's our government. Those are those that God places in front of us uh, to help lead us. In Romans chapter 13, we see them listed again. But again, we're to pray for our leaders. Someone says, "I don't really like the people that are in charge of our country." Doesn't matter whether you like them or not. You have to pray for them. And again, it's not just Lord fix them, fix them. That's not the prayer. Lord, speak to their heart. Lord, make an impact in their life. Lord speak to their, uh, do a work in their life, Lord, keep them safe, Lord, protect them in that sense, I mean, Lord, watch over their family, I mean, I want God to bless our leaders, I want God to bless them, uh, but I also want God to work in their life, if there's spiritual issues, I'm going to say, Lord, please spiritually work in their life too, not just physically, but spiritually, give them leadership, give them guidance, illuminate their life, help them to see the truth, if they're lost, save them, I and mean, those are good prayers, and those are prayers we ought to pray for our leaders, our government leaders, and uh, we live in a pretty cynical age and a pretty critical age. And, you know, uh, you know, there's. A, I was out knocking doors the other day and I ran into a guy who is a conspiracy theorist, you know. And, and every conspiracy that comes down the line, he's kind of buying in a little bit. Now, I, I'm not going to say that some of what he said isn't right on the money. i got to believe some of it is. Let me tell you that right now. But he says, you know, you probably think I'm nuts because I'm kind of one of those conspiracy theorists, you know. And I talked to him for a while about some things. But uh, I thought to myself, you know, it gets easy to it would be easy not to pray for certain people if you think they're always trying to get you. You know, but even if they're trying to get you, you got to pray for them according to the word of God. Even if that is true. Because that's what God tells us to do, to pray for our government, to pray for our leaders. Okay, Um, Romans 14, 6. He that regardeth the day regardeth it unto the Lord, and he that regardeth not the day
0: to the Lord, he doth not regard it. He that eateth eateth to the Lord, for he giveth God thanks. And he that eateth not to the Lord, he eateth not and giveth God thanks.
1: Okay, John six eleven and twenty three. Thank you. We're going to put those verses together now.
0: And Jesus took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed to the disciples, and the disciples to them that were set down, and likewise of the fishes as much as they would. Howbeit, there came other boats from Tiberias nigh unto the place where they did eat bread. After that, the Lord had given thanks.
1: Okay, so what's going on? Somebody's eating, and the the, the food is being blessed. We had to pray for our food. Just yesterday, when I, I was uh, I stopped and got some breakfast this uh, Saturday morning. Uh, I'd gotten here, and I decided to take a walk down uh, to Taco Bell of all places to get something to eat. And uh, can you believe they're open for breakfast? You know. But anyway, I went down there, and I decided I just tried out. I like that Sobe water that they have there. That way, I don't have to drink. It's carbonated stuff, you know. So I thought, I'll have some Sobe water, and I'll just relax. I'll look over my message for Sunday before the youth rally starts and things like that. And so I went down there and had some breakfast. While I was there, a couple young guys came in the door, and they ordered their food. They sat down over in a booth over here. I was sitting in a booth in the corner trying to stay as far away from people as I could so I could just get some things done. And uh, I heard them pray. And uh, so before I left, I walked over their table, and I said, Hey, gentlemen, I'm, I'm going to interrupt you for just a moment. I don't say things sometimes like, sorry to interrupt you, because I really did want to interrupt him. So I don't want to lie about that. You know what I mean? Sorry to interrupt you. <laughs> it's not really true. I meant to interrupt you, you know? But anyway, I said, listen, I, I just, can I interrupt you for just a moment? I said, I just want to tell you that, I said, I, I heard you pray, and I want you to, notice that, I want you to know that people, I want, you to notice, uh, I want you to know that people notice that. And he went, well, that's why we pray. Thank you, brother. How'd you know I was saved? Maybe because I said something about prayer to him, Right? He knew that. Hey, listen, uh, uh, you know, prayer's powerful and, and it's important. He's praying over his food. Made an impact, made a difference. Now, listen, if I was lost, I'd have still heard that prayer. That would have been important. It's important that people know there's still people that have faith. Amen. And so, God's saying we need to pray. So, what do we pray for? Pray for yourself. Pray for others. Pray for laborers. Pray for the lost. You can shut that off now. Thanks, gentlemen. Thank you. You can pray for your pastor, pray for your government. Pray for your food, right? So all of those things are things that we're to pray for. Now, another thing that's important about prayer is you're praying for these things. You need to realize that you've you got to pray very specifically. Pray specific. When you're, when you're asking things, you need to be very specific. Uh, you know, you don't ask God things like, God, please give me a blessing. Which blessing? Which blessing you want? You know, um, I can look back in my life and I remember praying specific prayers specific prayers. You know, Lord, I want a $1,000. I want a $1,000, and I, I, want it, I want it all at once. Okay? There you go. And did God answer? Absolutely answered. Absolutely. I don't have time to go into all of it, but he did. Lord, uh, this is what I want. You know, I need a, a vehicle. Blah, 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 blah. It would be great if it was a minivan. That's what I'd really like. God gave me a minivan. I'm just saying, be specific what you want. That way, you know it's God. You you can't you can't doubt that. If God gives you exactly what you're asking for, it's kind of hard for someone to say, "Well, that's just a coincidence." Well, sure. Somebody gave you a car because you you were telling people you needed a car, or somebody in your family knew you needed a car. Yeah, but if you'd have said, "I want this kind of car," and then that's the exact car you got, it's kind of hard to say that it wasn't the Lord. I'm just saying, I mean, be specific on things. I, I'm, I like to be specific for that reason, but also it's good for us because we know then in our own heart. You know, we're like, wow, that was awesome. And so God answers prayers. But be specific when you ask Him, you know, what, what blessing do you want? What, what do you want to take place? How do you want that to take place? Where do you want that to take place? You know? So <clears throat> what should I pray for? Well, it's pretty simple. The Bible made it very clear Biblically, pray for yourself, pray for others, pray for the lost, pray for laborers, pray for your pastor, your government, your food. Those are all things God says you're to pray for, okay? Whether you like it or not, whether you want to or not, whether you agree or not, doesn't matter. Those are things God tells us to pray for. We need to be very careful that we honor God by praying for things that He asks us to pray for. Now, <clears throat> why is prayer so important to the Christian or in, in, in our Christian life? Why is that so important then? Um, why is prayer so important? Well, as we've mentioned already, communication is the key to any successful relationship. It just is. If you're not talking to God and God's not talking to you, then guess what you don't have? A relationship. You've got to be communicating to have a relationship. I, isn't it funny how how you know couples grow apart? It's not really funny, I guess pretty simple, really. You know how they grow apart? They stop communicating. They stop fellowshipping. They stop talking to one another. They stop interacting with one another. There is no relationship without communication. Now, again, I I have some friends that are extremely, were extremely close growing up. I don't communicate a lot to them or with them. And I understand that if they called me today, I'd be there, Johnny on the spot, you know, do anything I could to help them. I understand that. But there's still no real relationship unless there's some kind of communication there. It's important that we understand with the Lord, communication is important. It's the key to to a successful relationship. And so we must communicate with God. It's just as important as anything else. The Bible says, or any other relationship. In James 4, 8, the Bible says, Draw nigh to God, and He will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, ye sinners, and purify your hearts, ye double-minded. So notice again, draw nigh to God, He draws nigh to us. We need to talk to God, God talks to us. We need to communicate with God, God communicates with us. We need to draw nigh to God, God draws nigh to us. If you're waiting for God to make the move after He's already made a move, by the way, you were saved because He met you where you were at, He came to you. Now God wants you to come to Him. And a lot of times we're waiting on God to do it. No, God says, You come to me and I'll reach out to you. And I know somebody says, well, I got away from God and God reached out to me and He made a difference. I understand all that. But let me tell you, in your Christian life, your general Christian life, you draw nigh to God. The Bible says what? He will draw nigh to you. You've got to get closer to God. That's the real problem. God doesn't need to get closer to us. He's already in us. We've got to get closer to Him. How do we do that? By communicating Prayer. Prayer changes lives and it defies natural laws. In Matthew chapter 19, verse 26, the Bible simply says this, But Jesus beheld them and said unto them, With men this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. There you go. All things are possible. Somebody says, ah, that's a joke. Yeah, You're welcome to your opinion. I prayed and God didn't answer my prayers. Sorry to hear that. In just a moment, I want to help, help you understand why that didn't get answered then. But the fact is, is that God does answer prayers. The fact is God does hear our prayers and He wants to answer our prayers. I'm not saying that everything you ask for, you get. My kids asked for a lot of things growing up, but I didn't always give it to them because what they asked for was either impractical or it was something that may even ruin them. I mean, can you imagine... You know, your, your 9 or 10 year old child Asking you to have access to the internet in their room I mean, nobody in their right mind would do that Nobody in their right mind oh, You know, in our day it was the television, you know Nobody in their right mind would have put a TV And give unlimited access to a child Or to a young teenager Or to even a teenager in their room Nobody would have done that So you're certainly not going to put the internet in there with access to the internet in their room. That'd be crazy. Hey, Dad, I'm 14 years old. I'm turned into a man. Can I have full access to the internet in my room? Are you kidding me? Well, I'm asking. We ask some things of God sometimes that would ruin us. You know, it's like that prayer. Give me a million dollars, Lord. A million dollars may ruin you. may ruin you. Somebody says, well, I'd like to to give it a shot. (laughs) Me and you both. I thought one time, if the Lord gives me a million dollars, I'd give give him three quarters of it to the building fund. The only problem was if the Lord gave me a million dollars, I'd probably have to pay 75% of it in taxes, and then I'd still owe the Lord $500,000 when it was all said and done. (laughs) So I stopped praying that prayer because <laughs> <clears throat> I realized it was only gonna sink me. <laughs> Why is prayer so important? Well, because again, prayer changes lives and defies natural laws. And because communication is the key to any successful relationship. The D. L. Moody made the statement, he said, The Christian on his knees sees more than the philosopher on tiptoe. Isn't that good? I like this one from Thomas Chalmers. He said, Prayer does not enable us to do a greater work for God. Prayer is the greater work for God. Isn't that good? Yeah, Thomas Chalmers, 1780 to 1847. Now, finally, what might keep my prayers from being answered? That's a good, good thought, isn't it? I mean, really, that's a good question. What would keep my prayers from being answered? Well, first of all, James chapter 4, verse 2 I think we've touched on it slightly already, but let's go ahead and read it. The Bible simply says, Ye lust and have not, ye kill and desire to have, and cannot obtain, ye fight and war, yet ye have not because ye ask not. Someone says, well, what, what, might, a key, what might keep my prayers from being answered? Well, you don't ask. you got to ask. And unfortunately, sometimes you have to ask more than once or twice, maybe even more than three or four times. You may have to ask for weeks or months, maybe even for years. You say, well, that doesn't sound right. If God's such a big God and He's able to answer my prayer, and if He's really up there and has a desire to please, uh, well, before you go with that, please me, He doesn't have to please you. But anyway, uh, He doesn't have to please me either. But, but if He has a desire to show Himself real on my behalf, why wouldn't He answer sooner than later? Uh, Daniel asked uh, for some things and and three weeks later, the, the angel finally showed up with the answer and said, Well, I got kind of held up up there. There's this uh, spiritual battle taking place up there. And I got held up. <laughs> I got taken captive. And finally, I got freed. And so I was able to get down here with the message that I originally was given by God to give to you. I would have been here in just a matter of a matter of hours, but it took me three weeks to get here. So there are some other things going on than just what's going on in your life and in mine. A bigger picture, if you will. A, a celestial picture. a A eternal picture but, but still sometimes I remember praying or talking to a lady years ago at a youth rally and I've told the story before but it was a, at a skating rink and she got to telling me about her life and about her husband and her and how he was not saved and she began to pray and pray and pray and pray over the fact oh I want my husband to get saved oh God save my husband oh God save my husband she finally came to the realization that she was going to have to just downright say God no matter what the cost I want my husband to be saved, even if it means taking my life. And um, she said that ultimately her husband ended up on his back in the hospital that close to death. That close to death. As he began to gain some strength back, he became a little more sensitive about eternity. He got saved. They were an older couple now. They're probably in their mid-50s at that point. When I was discussing and talking to them about it, I was probably in my early 20s at the time. And she said, My husband got saved, and he never looked back, and now we're youth directors. But God almost had to take his life. I almost lost my husband. But God answered my prayer. After wait, 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 here's the here's the here's the punchline. After praying twenty years. Twenty years. Aren't you Aren't you glad that you, you didn't stop praying, ma'am? Yes. Aren't you thankful you didn't quit five years in? Yes. Ten years in? Absolutely. Fifteen years? Without a doubt. You have not because you asked not. Also, what keeps our prayers from being answered? Psalm chapter 66, verse 18. Turn there, would you please? This is one of those prayer hindrances that we really don't want to have to face or deal with or admit, but probably as big a problem as any. Psalm 66, 18, the psalmist says, If I regard iniquity in my heart, The Lord will not hear me. Again, someone could say, well, that's just the psalmist. That's his opinion. Well, it is under inspiration of the Holy Ghost. So even though he may have penned it, he wasn't the author of that statement. God's trying to give us some insight and understanding to why our prayers may not be answered then or what we have to deal with in order to get them answered. Probably the reason why there's so little power in the church is because prayers aren't being answered and probably because there's more sin than there is anything else. I mean, are, are, who are we kidding, right? You, you know, really. I mean, what, what we're exposed to in our world today, how difficult is it to remain pure of thought and mind and body? You know, I mean, are, are, but, but here's the thing. You know, you know what's so sad? A lot of folks... Don't really see it as being that bad. You want to know why? Because we've been desensitized to our culture and to sin itself. You know what I'm talking about. I mean, we've seen it through the years. Maybe you're a little older. And as I mentioned this morning, we can look back 50 years ago or 40 years ago or 30 years ago, and we remember some things that appalled our culture, appalled our society, appalled even the lost. But today... Not only do they embrace it, but even Christians are appalled at other believers who will not embrace it. I mean, we've moved so far. We've become so desensitized to certain things. I mean, we're all in the same boat. You know, we can wear our suits. We can stand behind a pulpit. We can be a a certain leader. We can be a pastor. We do all these things. But the reality is if we're not honest with ourselves about these issues of sin... It's going to hamper and it's going to hinder our ability to get answers from God. It's going to hurt us. <clears throat> I still remember. I still remember being at camp some years ago, and um, Joshua had had uh, gotten mad because these big guys were picking on little guys, and and they were playing this one game, big ball basketball or something, and. And, and you know, they're they're plowing each other. They're killing each other and stuff. And Joshua's probably, I don't know, what was your ninth grade or something, something like that. And so this guy's about six foot two and about, you know, 200 pounds. And he decided he's going to tackle this guy. And so uh, he went flying up behind this guy. He hit the guy in the back. He's very smart to do that. But the only problem was when he hit the guy, the guy's legs came out from underneath him. And he sat on Joshua's head and face. I mean, he just like that, and came straight down on Joshua because Joshua speared him in the back. He slid out, but when he did, his, his, his backside, his behind, his bootay, went right on the back of Joshua's head, smashed his face in the ground, and I still remember eating lunch, you know, and at that point, um, uh, we, we had had uh, Brother, um, oh my, my mind just totally, I, I see him as plain as day. Uh, brother White, yeah, Brother White, Steve White, Steve, Brother Steve, he's over here, um, at the the table, across from Josh and and me, and Josh are sitting here, and he's across. and 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 I I said, man, Josh, I don't know. I think you might want to get that nose checked. Uh, and and I said, Steve, what do you think? Steve looks at him and goes, Oh yeah, that is broken. That that is broken bad. I was like, wow, you know, okay. So we I took Josh to the hospital, you know. And you know, and they're sticking metal in his nose, and they've got him in twilight sleep, and they're crunching it back in place and all that stuff. And my wife's like, oh, you know, she's getting sick right now. I would love to do that because it makes her sick. But um, <clears throat> they're getting it all worked out and everything, you know. And uh, I, I still remember calling my wife. To this day, I was pulled over on the side of the road after I'd dropped Josh off uh, at the. I dropped him off at my hotel at that time, I had a hotel room that year, and I, I let him stay and sleep. But I was sitting on the side of the road, and I called my wife and I said, "Honey." When I was sitting in that room, that, that I felt like my prayers weren't getting past the ceiling. My prayer life is not what it ought to be. And I realize, I realize, I never want to be in a position where I don't have power with God so I can get a hold of God to help my children when they need me. And I feel as though I can't get a hold of God the way I ought to. Someone says, you are a pastor, though. You're supposed to have that figured out. Well, I was busy ramming, running, doing the ministry but I think I'd allowed my prayer life to slip to the point where ultimately in my heart of hearts I felt like God had no obligation whatsoever to answer my prayer and I thought I never want to be in a position again like that so that when the phone rings in the middle of the night there's a problem on the other end I can't immediately go to my knees and know God is there like that I never want to be in that spot again I still remember that, and that was been a number of years ago now. Sin will hamper, it will hinder our prayers. It will keep us from being able to experience the, 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 the answers to prayer that God wants us to have. Now, again, not asking in sin. Number three, James 1.6 spells this out. James 1.6. The Bible says, but let him ask, and here it is now, in faith. James 1, 6. Let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. For he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea driven with the wind and tossed. Let him ask in faith. What's a hindrance to prayer? A lack of faith. A lack of faith praying without believing that God will hear an answer well that's going to keep your prayers from being answered and someone says well until God answers my prayer how can I know he's going to answer them well it's like you know what came first the egg or the chicken <laughs> well we know God created the chicken yeah. so the chicken came first But so, so faith has to come first right by faith, Dean said, chicken. Well, he knows that by faith. He doesn't know that by sight. Because nobody was there when he made the chicken. Now, there's some people that make some good chicken now. And I enjoy it. But but that's a different chicken now. Okay, but we're talking about... We don't, you know, listen, honestly, you know, we get this all mixed up. We've got to, by faith, believe. We've got to trust God. we got to say, okay, God, creator of the universe. God put the stars, hung them in the heavens. God, you know put this celestial ball, earth here and and inhabited it with mankind and God created all things on this earth as well and the very God that created all things breathed the breath of life in me and I have an eternal soul and I trusted Christ who died on the cross, who is God who created all things. He being perfect and holy died in my place and I trusted Him and that same God that created all things, that same God that died on the cross, that same God that that... Uh, save my soul he he tells me that his word is true and I can believe his promises and that he will hear and answer my prayers so by faith I've got to believe that God is in heaven because if he wasn't then where'd all this come from where'd all come from just coincidence was it really evolution we know better than that common sense says it couldn't be that There has to be a God. And this God that wrote this book and that gives us these promises is the very God that we now are to pray to by faith, believing He'll answer. But when we don't pray in faith, then God's not obligated to answer our prayers. Pray with believing, with faith. Pray with faith. Pray with faith. faith. What else? What other things? What are some other things that'll keep our prayers from being answered? Well, James four three. We've touched on James four three a few times, but he says, "Ye ask." So, so it's not that we're not asking. Then, in this case, we you ask, verse three, James four three, and receive not. Well, we say, "Man, that happens to me more than not. <laughs> I ask and I don't get." Well, there's there, again. We've noticed some things. Maybe. Maybe there's sin. Maybe there's a lack of faith. But also, according to this passage, he goes on to say, Because, why did you not receive? Because ye ask amiss, that ye may consume it upon your lust. Well, what's that mean? Well, basically, when we ask a selfish request, when we ask for something with the wrong motive in mind, This is an amazing thing. Lord, send me a boyfriend. Lord, send me a girlfriend. And the whole time you're praying for that, you're thinking about doing things with them that you should not do biblically. Oh, I want to hug them. I want someone to hold my hand in the mall. I want someone to kiss and hug. I hope God never answers your prayer. Till, till you decide to get married one day. Yeah. And even then, he can't because you've got to have a boyfriend before you get married or a girlfriend. But nonetheless, I'm telling you, we ask things amiss on, that we may consume it upon our lust. Lord, give me a million dollars. Why? So you can what? Go buy a house at the beach and miss church all summer? Buy a fishing boat, have the latest stuff, and go fishing every Sunday morning and Saturday mornings and... It's Tuesday nights and miss soul winning all the time and miss church and have nothing to do with God and His work. We're praying for things that are going to be consumed upon our own lust. It's to benefit me and mine. Make me more comfortable. Lord, give us a bigger house. Give us nicer cars. Give us a bigger bankroll. Give us a better job. Give us... For what reason? For what reason? Just curious. So you can give more of the building fund? So you can contribute more to faith promise? So that you can help support the church better through your giving, your tithing? Is that why you want that increase? Or is it so that you can have something that'll take you away from God even? We wonder why God doesn't bless our work and God doesn't bless our efforts and God doesn't bless our prayers. Somebody says, well, of course you say that. You're the pastor and it's all about this church with you. If you weren't the pastor, you'd be just like the rest of us. This wouldn't be your whole life. Oh, really? The church was my life long before I ever became a preacher. And that's why I'm a preacher, I think, because the church was already my life. And God's blessed me with the privilege of doing what I did for free. I get paid to do now. You know how wonderful it is to do something you love and get paid to do it? Somebody said, Well, we could stop paying you. Go ahead, stop paying me. God will take care of me. He said, I'll take care of me this long, He'll take care of me again. I mean, it's funny how we think that we really hold all the power. God holds the power. You know, God does. I'm the pastor of Community Baptist Temple, but in the end, God could remove me like that. Who am I? Just a servant, just like you. We're just doing the best we can with what God gives us, and usually that's not a whole lot. Just do the best we can. But you know what? selfish requests? Asking for something with the wrong motivation in mind. We may consume it upon our own lusts. God's not going to answer those prayers. Those are reasons why God doesn't answer our prayers. A young guy says, Lord, give me my health. For what? For what? What are you going to use your health with? What are you going to do with it? Live immorally? Why should God answer a prayer like that? I know that sounds crazy. and Somebody says, well, that's nuts. I'm just saying. I mean, I think sometimes we, you know, you get a little older. We have aches and pains. God, heal my back. God, help my neck. God, do this. Why? So that you can go soul winning? Or so you're just comfortable walking around the mall checking out the girls? Oh, preacher, would you really say that? I just said it. You want me to say it again? Actually, you just buy the tape and get it. But I'm going to tell you something. We need to think about why we ask for what we ask for. What's the real purpose? And we wonder why God doesn't answer some of our prayers. Somebody says, man, this isn't the kind of message I want to hear. I'm just telling you, you want your prayers answered, you need to think about these things. I know we all have to. How about this one? This is a good one. Why aren't my prayers getting answered? Or why won't our prayers be answered? Or what hinders them maybe? Well, 1 Peter 3 7, turn there, would you? This is a good one. This right here is a good one. This one's a lot, this one's maybe a bigger problem than I, I would even realize. I don't know. 1 Peter chapter 3 verse 7. He says, "Likewise, ye husbands dwell with them according to knowledge, who the wife, giving honor unto the wife, as unto the weaker vessel." Wait, did, let, let me can I stop right there a second? Can I can I stop right there a second and and express a biblical principle? The wife is the weaker vessel. Did did the Bible just say that? So how's come I have to apologize when I say things like, you know what, women and men aren't equal in their physical abilities and their strengths? They're not. Oh, I know there's some freaks of nature out there. (laughs) No, I I understand that. I mean, really. You know, there are some women I would not want to get stuck in a dark alley with. Honestly. I mean, I understand that. And there's some tough, tough women out there. But, but here's the point. In general, I mean, God's talking about the species here. He's talking about males and females. The truth is, the normal woman does not, does not physically have the same abilities as a, a man. I mean, that's just a, bi- a biblical principle. It's true. And it, it's one thing we're trying to deny in our culture today. I mean, every show now, the women are like, what? <laughs> beating up these guys. They're flying all over. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? I mean, and, and you think to yourself, so, well, she knows Kung Fu. <laughs> you know, that's got to be it. But then there's two Kung Fu experts, a guy and a girl. She's still beating him up. I'm just saying, it's, it's weird today. It's crazy what's going on in our culture, and it's so anti-Bible. Women are not content to be ladies. Men aren't content to be men. It seems that men want to be women, and women want to be men. And it's just a crazy world we live in. It's upside down. It's crazy. I'm going to be honest with you. I don't know, I don't think there's a woman in this room that could beat me in arm wrestling right now. I don't think. There might be, there could be a sleeper in the crowd. But I don't think so. Cody, you think I'm safe with that one? He's not, she's like, (laughs) I don't know. Okay, I better just shut my mouth and move on. I'm sure that somebody's watching on there that's bigger and stronger than me yet. And I, I saw this lady the other day whose arms were bigger than mine. I know she probably could beat me at arm wrestling. But <laughs> <clears throat> notice what it says, 1 Peter 3, 7. Likewise, has husbands, dwell with them according to knowledge, giving honor unto the wife as unto the weaker vessel, and as being heirs together the grace of life, that your prayers be not what? Wow. Is that huge? You know what he's saying? If your relationship with your wife is not what it ought to be, gentlemen, your prayers will be hindered. Well, all that matters to me is my relationship with God. I'm very spiritual. My wife, she's a loser. But me and God, man, you're fooling yourself. If you don't have the proper relationship with your wife, or at least you're not putting forth the effort to have that proper relationship, you don't really have the relationship with God you think you have. Huh. Amen. You're fooling yourself, too. We've got to be working on that relationship. And ladies, i got a feeling that if it works that way, it works the other way, too. You know, it's not just one-sided here. You've got to be putting forth your effort, too. God's, God's pretty pretty serious about the relationship between husband and wife because it pictures Christ in the church. That's big time. You better get your relationship right. A dishonoring relationship between husband and wife will hinder your prayer life. We're almost done. Then there's the aspect of repetition. Repeating something over and over and over again mechanically. It's not from the heart, it just becomes rote. In Matthew six seven, the Bible simply says this. But when you pray, use not vain repetitions, as the heathen do, for they think that they shall be heard for their much speaking. But God's saying, I want you to pray from your heart. Don't just say something because it's a rote prayer. Listen, I, I was at, I did, I did two funerals this week, and I did, I went to three funerals already this week. At three. I was at three. I did two of the three. Listen, I, I'm telling you, I watch this at funerals. I, I watch these things when the when. When the guy, the, when they say let's bow our heads and pray, and their eyes are still open, I don't close my eyes anymore. You know why? Because they're reading it, and if they're reading it, it probably means absolutely nothing. It's vain repetition. I was out at the, and again, I, I love these guys all my heart. The, the military thing, you know, out at the, but 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 you know what? Some of those gentlemen that are out there. The Lord blessed them. I mean, they are doing a work, and they're encouraging, and it's a blessing. But they read the prayer right out of a book. It's the same exact prayer they read at every single funeral for every single lost, uh, uh, every member that in the military, like myself or anyone else that passed away. It's rote, rote, rote. It's repetition, vain repetition. And they just read it. And I watched it. I mean, you just read that right from the... That doesn't mean a whole lot to me, folks. I, I, I don't know. And I don't think it means a whole lot to God when we're just going, Lord, God bless Mommy, Daddy, Eddie, Mark, Jeff, Troy, Grandma, Grandpa. You say, where'd you get that? I did that prayer when I was four years old. Mom, yeah. I still remember it. It was vain repetition. I'm not saying my parents weren't right at that time. you but know, That's just how we did things. And that kind of stopped when my mom got some things settled with the Lord and my dad got some things settled. We started going to church and things, and all of a sudden the prayer changed around our house. It wasn't just that same prayer of it. Made a difference. Made a difference. Now, finally, last but not least, when we make requests outside of God's will, when we make requests outside of God's will, then our prayers can be hindered and hampered. First John chapter 5, verse 14 and 15, if you're writing them down, I'll read it. And this is the confidence that we have in Him, that if we ask anything according to His will, He heareth us. And if we know that He hear us, whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desired of Him. Notice again, if we ask anything according to His will. See, God's perfect love, he, I mean, He is perfect love, and He's perfect wisdom. And Sir William Temple said this again. He said, We do not pray in order to change His will, but to bring our wills into harmony with His. That's why we really pray, to bring our will into harmony with His. Prayer is really not just, God, I'm going to ask you because I want what I want and I want you to give me what I want. Prayer of the believer, the real heart of a believer is, God, I'm going to be praying to you, but I'm going to keep my spiritual ears open and I want my heart to be tender and I want you to begin to form my prayer. I want you to begin to direct my prayer so that it aligns itself, it aligns itself with your will. I pray for things sometimes that aren't the will of God. You say, What do you mean? You No, not like I go around going, Oh, God, help me to sin big. Nothing like that. It's just not the will of God. I may be praying... Listen, I... You start praying for healings. It's not always God's will that someone's healed. I, I'm sorry, but that's not the case. Right. I mean, as you begin to pray, God begins to change your prayer sometimes in certain situations. I go to hospital beds and I say, Lord, it, it would please us if you would be pleased to heal this person. But I have prayed for people day in, day out, and God begins to change my prayer. And all of a sudden I'm praying, Lord, be gracious to this person in this difficult time. What's God doing? He's beginning to change my prayer, working in my life to help me to pray in His will. Yeah. I, I, I'm just saying, using that as an example, there's other things. A number of things. We have to pray in the will of God. Now, there's nothing wrong with that. Ask anything you want of God. Feel free to ask anything you want. But be willing to let God work in your life, that's all, to begin to change your heart toward that prayer. And, and, and change your prayer even if necessary. That's all that it is. God beginning to work in our life. Because in the end, don't we want what God wants? We should want what God wants. As difficult as it can be at times for us, we ought to want what God wants. We'll never get to where we want what God wants until we're willing to pray and allow God to change our prayer. He works in our heart. It's tough. It's difficult. Sometimes. But God wants us to pray in His will. And when we nail down God's will, we can be guaranteed God will answer. Someone says, well, that's not what prayer is. asking, I should we were praying anything I want and get what I want. Abraham prayed, and, and he was able to whittle God down until finally there was just a few people. If they would just, look what happened to the city. What was God's intention and what was his will anyway? He started getting him down there. He just had one more step to go. Okay, Lord, take the city. <laughs> he didn't change God's mind. I, I don't know. I, I'm telling you, God will answer our prayers. God will do things miraculous. You'd be surprised what God wants for us that we don't ask for. Yeah. Because we don't believe He can. This right here, you think God could fill this place up on Sunday night to where the standing room only? Amen. You know why we don't pray that way? Because we don't believe it can happen. And secondly, we don't pray that way because we know God would have to use us probably to do it. Here's a couple yeah. of reasons why things don't get done. God will do things if we're sincere and we're honest. But we want God to do things sometimes without using us to do it. What will it take? What will it cost? It can cost something. Unfortunately, I'm not always sure that I'm willing to pay the price. I'm just being honest. But God does answer prayer, some hindrances. You need to look at your life. Ask yourself some things. Are my prayers being answered like I believe they ought to be? If they're not, why? Why not? There's got to be a reason. God's not just being a meanie, meanie. The devil's a meanie, meanie. Remember the song? God's not. God wants to answer our prayers. And He will. What's God answered lately in your life? I mean, what prayer has He answered for you? Anything you can point to? You put your finger on? I think God wants us to be able to do that on a regular basis. There it is. There it is. There it is. So let's pray specific and let's watch God work. Keep a journal if you have to. Write your prayers in a journal. And then as God answers them, you'll know it has to be Him. Father, we come to you. We thank you, Father, for your prayer, uh, for the privilege of prayer. But, Lord, I know in my own life how I've neglected it. I, I, I want to be a better prayer warrior, Lord. I've been trying. I, you know, my heart, um, trying more than than ever to try to be a better prayer warrior. And, Lord, it, it's it's difficult at times. You know my failures and my faults. And, but, Lord, I also know that the power of the Holy Spirit in my life is dependent on. Getting a hold of you and, and dealing with my sin and allowing you to have preeminence in my life and Lord, I want prayers to be answered lord there's so many